Welcome to the Kid Men Podcast with Dr. Val and Dr. Virginia, where we talk about everything Kid Men. And pull back the curtain on some of the surprises and challenges in children's ministry that nobody prepares you for. I'm Dr. Val, and together we have over 45 years of experience in children's ministry. I'm Dr. Virginia. Valerie and I met over 10 years ago in our doctoral program at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We are excited to share with you all the great stuff that we have picked up over the years. We want to minister to you, the children's minister. Welcome, friends. Thank you so much for joining us today. Dr. Virginia and I are so very excited to have a special guest with us. Absolutely. We are super excited to have Lauren Jackson with us today. So we, um, she invited us very graciously on her podcast yeah. a few weeks ago or a few months ago. Um, and so we are super excited to, to have her back with us this time. I'm going to be talking about extended leaves, maternity leaves, sabbatical, medical leaves, anything that's going to take you uh, maybe out of the ministry for weeks or months at a time. And so we're excited to to chat with her about that today. Yeah, there are so many things that can come up just unexpectedly that mm-hmm. can cause us to need a break. Sometimes we know ahead of time, sometimes we don't. And so having the plans in place, having thought through policies are so mm-hmm. incredibly important. So it is a really vital topic for us. Absolutely. Well, first though, Lauren, um, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, tell us, you know, where you're from, about yourself, your family, if you want to, how you got into kids ministry um, and what you're doing now. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you. I feel so special because I'm not a doctor. And so I feel so honored <laughs> to be a guest here on your podcast. Um, so a little bit about me. Um, I have been in the vocational ministry world for a little bit, around 15 years in the kids ministry world specifically, on staff at a handful of different churches, everything from a church plant to a multi-site mega church. And it's just probably one of my favorite things as the people listening can attest kids ministry is the best. Um, and so my family and I live outside of Denver, Colorado. We live in just a suburb town called Westminster and, um, we have two kids. I have a five and a half year old and a two and a half year old. And right now I serve as the creator and founder of Kids Ministry Circle. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. So just really finding ways to connect kids ministry leaders to other leaders, just build that community and kind of the ultimate goal is to help make kids ministry leaders feel less lonely and less Mm -hmm. isolated in their role and help them get resourced and equipped to serve in their specific context. So we do that through cohorts, one-on-one coaching, and just different resources over on Instagram and our website. So that's kind of what I'm doing now. Um, I write a little bit. I write for my local church. I write their curriculum. And then I've also written for Lifeway in the past. So it's a handful of different things that still keeps me in the kids' ministry world in a lot of fun ways. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you again for being here. But let's start out talking about um, your personal experiences with extended leave, something that you and I both have um, experience with, with maternity leave specifically. And there's a lot of questions that come up (laughs) with that. Um, But can you tell us a little bit about your experience with your maternity leaves, um, how long they were, a little bit about the churches that you were at and what they were like um, whenever you were taking those maternity leaves? 
Yeah, those are great questions. So I've taken two maternity leaves at two different churches. And my first experience with my oldest, so with our first child, I was at, um, it was a maybe a medium-sized church, I would say. Um, we had two campuses. And so I was the kids pastor over both of our campuses. And um, I was probably one of the first ones on staff, like on full-time staff to have a baby. And so there was a lot of things that they were still trying to figure out. And the policy in in Colorado is not great. Um, Mm -hmm. Like many states, the maternity leave policy is just really poor, to be honest. (laughs) Let's just name it. Um, And so I had to really be creative with how I wanted to use my time. And so I stacked a lot of vacation. And so I was given, I was given three weeks of paid maternity leave and that was it. It was three weeks. Mm -hmm. And then I, I stacked vacation on top of that. And so I took a full six weeks but really six weeks is not very long. And so it flies by so fast. If anybody listening has ever had a baby, either your spouse or you yourself, it's six weeks is like so short, especially Mm -hmm. like if you were to have a C-section or if there were any complications in Mm -hmm. the birth process, it just like, it feels insane. And so, um, there were a lot of conversations on how I could advocate for myself. And so I was able to come back, um, and work a little bit from home and then work a little bit in the office. And so, um, which I, which I think we'll get to later on, but I think it's so much easier now in the post COVID ministry world Mm -hmm. to work from home where Mm -hmm. back in 2018, that wasn't really a thing. You went into the office. And so, um, I was able to kind of negotiate, Hey, can I work these days from home with my daughter and then go into the office on these days. Um, and so that was really nice. Um, kind of, so my maternity leave was short the first go around, Mm -hmm. but also my husband and I were both in vocational ministry. And so Mm -hmm. on Sundays she came with me, like I have pictures Mm -hmm. of her in her little like seat in the nursery at like seven weeks old. And I carried her on Sundays. I would teach large group. I remember there's one time I taught large group and I whispered the entire lesson because I, I was carrying her and she was asleep. And so like, there's so many, and again, I'm like, I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself, but there's so many ways to be creative and being a mom in ministry. And then that goes along with taking maternity leave. Um, the second time I took maternity leave, I was at a different church, a much larger church, a much established church in terms of their HR mm-hmm. policies. Mm-hmm. And so they had an incredible benefits program, probably the best I've seen in any church, honestly. Um, and I was able to take 12 full weeks of paid oh, maternity wow, that's leave. That's wonderful. Which, yeah. like, which it is wonderful. And then on the flip side, it seems so long. It seems yeah. so long. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. I took six weeks, which seems so short. Yeah. And But then I got 12 weeks on the flip side. And you're like, how do I even fill my role and a volunteer to take over for 12 weeks seemed really hard and really impossible at like the get go. Um, but I will say the staff that I worked with was really encouraging of like, no, take the 12 weeks, take like, take the 12 weeks. We'll figure it out. And I, that was a huge staff. And, um, and so it just looked very different compared to prepping for the previous time that I took maternity leave. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so they're both, they were both a little bit different. I both very different experiences. Um, and then obviously both different maternity lengths. Um, so yeah, so that's my experience. Yeah. My experience was sort of, cause I have taken maternity leave once, but it ended up being during COVID times. So it was sort of like, you know, a lot of the preparations that we started making pre COVID, some of it we used, some of it we didn't. Um, so I still feel like even my maternity leave in a lot of ways wasn't um, normative. <laughs> and yeah. so, right. so it, you know, coming back, it was coming back to very weird circumstances. And so well, and that's one of the things there, there are a few positions in a church and I feel like children's ministry is, is one of them where it's, it, it's, it's like what you said, Lauren, it's really difficult to find people that can step in and do what we do. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is a panic within the church staff of, of us not being there. What are they going to do if we are not there every single week? And so it is this overwhelm of this need for us to f- fill this position in a different way, because it is harder for us to not be out for a Sunday because a a lot of pastoral positions, you know, they can just get somebody to cover a class or somebody to just check something and then they're good to go. But for us, there are so many dominoes that have to be in place for us to even just to be able to take one Sunday off that I think churches do put off so many times setting a policy for what do we do if our children's mm-hmm. minister does need to take an extended leave, whether it's a maternity yeah. leave or, a, you know, an extended leave because of illness or a family emergency or having a sabbatical. Like there's mm-hmm. just a lot of policies in place at churches for the children's minister to be able to do any of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was my experience too. It was like, oh, we need, we got to, we got to write a policy for this. <laughs> And so much of ministry, children's ministry, especially is so heavily administrative because we are, you know, organizing so many moving pieces. Um, So whenever we are thinking about the administrative needs of ministry, what are some steps we can take to make sure things aren't slipping through the cracks while we're away? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think a lot of it is your, is setting really clear expectations. Um, It's like, hey, in this season, when our kids director or kids pastor or whoever is away, we're not going to start anything new. And Mm. so I think from the beginning, it's just setting clear expectations on what is expected Mm. of the ministry as a whole. And so it's not like, hey, we're going to start X, Y, and Z. And now there are some things with my second maternity leave, I, I went, uh, I was due Easter weekend. That was my day. Oh, perfect. perfect. (laughs) (laughs) And with my first, with my first, I went like way, I went a week and a half past my due date. And so I thought to myself, okay, I know probably that likely I will, it will repeat itself. And so I was like, which means I will be working Easter Sunday at 40 weeks pregnant. Do I want to do that? The answer was no. (laughs) And so I actually (laughs) scheduled, like I got induced the Monday of Holy week. And so I was gone on Easter Sunday 
and which like may seem really scary, but I think it's all in the prep. And these are things that like, maybe you don't have a maternity leave coming up, but maybe you have aging parents and you're like, there's, there's a possibility that I will have to step out for some length of time and go and care for my parents if something were to happen. And so some things that you can do right now is create a document with all the passwords for everything, mm -hmm. for checking computers, for curriculum databases, for planning center, for like all of these systems that you oversee, just write down all the usernames and passwords. That's probably one of the easiest things that you could do to prep mm -hmm. for an extended leave, whether it's planned or unplanned, is just make sure that your staff has all the information. And so as I was preparing for maternity leave, I just started building things into a folder of like, mm -hmm. what do I do every week? Yeah. What do I do on Sundays? What are things that live in my head that may not be communicated? And, and so even in my small church environment compared to the mega church environment, I still kept track of all of those things Yeah, and made sure that people knew that my boss knew, okay, here's the Google drive that you can find all the logins, all the instructions on how to download curriculum, all the steps that I take to turn on the sound system in the morning or turn on the lights or send emails mm -hmm. to volunteers, um, all of those types of things that just live in your brain as a ministry mm -hmm. leader, start writing them out because that mm -hmm. will help. That's like one big step that anybody can do starting today for any type of leave. Um, Another thing that I did to prepare for my maternity leave is prep curriculum. And I know this takes a long time. And this is where like maybe you can think about adding in um, like or trying to get a volunteer to just help you prep ahead. And so I made sure there was a folder with the six to 12 weeks of curriculum already prepped already tweaked like I would normally would for a Sunday and ready to go. Anybody could pull that out. And so think about how you can maybe prep a month in advance, mm -hmm. even just to kind of prepare yourself if something were to happen. And then obviously mm -hmm. if you have a planned leave, like a sabbatical or maternity leave, um, the prepping curriculum is one small way that you can serve your volunteers and your fellow staff really well, because just like Val, you were saying curriculum is one of those things that nobody really knows, <laughs> right? <laughs> Except the kids ministry leader. And so to prep that and like buy all the supplies, have it all separated out in buckets in your office or in a closet so that people know, oh, this is the bucket for this weekend and this is for next weekend. Mm -hmm. And, and so being able to plan ahead, um, is really helpful. And in a lot of ways, when you're prepping for maternity leave or sabbatical, it is a busy season. You are working a lot. You are working extra and you just kind of have to own it and say, I'm doing this so that I can really check out and really take a break and not have to worry about X, Y, and Z. And that means, maybe that means working a couple nights extra or working a couple hours extra just so that your team is prepped and ready to go. So those are some of the big things that I did. Um, but when it comes to things slipping through the cracks, I think doing the step of going through your week and literally writing down everything that you do, I think mm -hmm. that will really help things slip through the cracks, but also 
in one of my maternity leaves, I knew that the executive pastor was overseeing kids mm-hmm. and I knew that things were just going to slip through the cracks. And right. that's where you get to come back after maternity leave and like slowly put together those pieces that may have been forgotten. Mm-hmm. And like, so in a lot of ways you're coming back from extended leave, almost like starting new and starting fresh and kind of picking those pieces back up and saying, okay, what do we do? How do we rebuild this now? Um, And so just kind of acknowledging that like, hey, those little detail things about like maybe sending postcards to new families or sending texts to parents, those things probably won't happen. Um, And you just kind of have to say, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to survive. It's going to be all right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I, I think that so much of that is is very wise advice for, mm-hmm. honestly, for children's ministers at any stage of life, because mm-hmm. it's it's like you were saying, we never know when an emergency is going to come up. We never know when yeah. yes. somebody is going to be yes. sick. We don't know when surgery might happen or a death in the family or, or you might become ill yourself. And so yeah. those are things that we can't know is going to happen. But there are things that we can do along the way to prepare. I talk mm-hmm. to a lot of children's ministers that when I ask to see sort of their long range plans, or I want to see their calendar, like for the next six months, they'll kind of say, oh, I just really kind of plan from month to month. And, yeah. I, you know, it, 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 that stresses me to hear that just because I said, you, there's so many things that can happen mm-hmm. in a very short period of time that you are are not going to be prepared for and won't be able to help anybody else jump in if you need that. And so mm-hmm. some of that thought ahead processing is really important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I like that you talked about, you mentioned having your executive pastor who is running the kids ministry. And I'd like having those very clear lines of sort of um, communication or responsibility of like, okay, Whenever I'm out, this person, you know, will be overseeing this ministry or this person will be doing that or this staff member. And so, you know, establishing those clear lines of communication of who people should go to mm-hmm. whenever you're out is so valuable. Yeah. yeah. Um, and kind of with that. So what are some of our some tips or considerations for preparing volunteers, other staff, other leaders for our absence? Mm-hmm. I think if you are preparing for a significant absence, like a sabbatical or maternity leave, or like, for example, when my daughter had surgery to get Mm -hmm. new tubes in her ears, like I was Mm -hmm. gone for a week. And so it's even like those short Mm -hmm. stints of being out, um, or taking vacation, even like as simple as that is. Um, it's just, I would continue to say, clear communication. So who's your point of contact? Um, and this was really helpful for me preparing for maternity leave is that I had a really extensive document that said volunteer scheduling. Here's the person who's overseeing that, mm-hmm. um, ordering supplies. Here's the person who's overseeing that Sunday morning programming. Here's the person who's go to, who's your go-to on Sunday morning. And so I laid out who was in charge of what, and then I made sure that I talked to them and I said, Hey, here's what's expected of you over the course of these next few weeks. Um, and a lot of things, it wasn't like brand new to them. Um, but just making sure that everyone kind of knew that the bases were covered and there was nothing that was 
left kind of like as a question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and so setting really clear expectations, having really clear communication, mm-hmm. um, as far as prepping volunteers or other staff and leadership, again, it's just making sure that they know, Hey, if you have a question, instead of texting me while I'm either on vacation or on maternity leave or whatever, here's who you text. Here's their phone number. Here's their email. Just making it really streamlined of like, Hey, here's your point of contact and all the information that you should know. Um, so that people are just aware of what's happening and prepared. And I will say some of this may, like if you go on a unplanned extended leave, whether it's a sick family member or, something is happening, this may take those first couple days that you're away to kind of get all of this situated. Cause you just don't know the situation on like who's on staff and who are my lead volunteers. Um, and so I will say that may take a couple moments of scrambling of saying like, okay, I'm sending this text to my volunteers and letting them know that I'm out for X, Y, Z reason. Here's their point of contact. And that that point of contact knows they're the point of contact because sometimes you make a person a point of contact, no idea that they were made the point of contact. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's just clear, really clear communication and uh, Mm -hmm. just kind of letting people know, like, it's always nice, especially in a maternity leave situation. Um, I remember when I went like every Sunday I would show up and I would have parents say like, you're still here. And I'd be like, yes, I'm still here. Um, and so maybe it is like a sweet email that gets sent out to parents and volunteers whenever you do have the baby of like, Hey, we're so excited. We're celebrating just a reminder. Lauren is out for the next six weeks. Here's what you do. If you have a question or have a need or want to connect with somebody from the kids ministry, um, those kinds of emails are really helpful because people do care. I think mm-hmm. your volunteers care about you and your parents care about you and they want to celebrate alongside you. Or maybe you attach a meal train link and say like, Hey, if you want to care for this family while they're away, like here's how you can help, especially if, if it's a last minute situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just some ideas to talk about with parents and volunteers and your other staff members. Other staff members I feel like are easy because it's very like you interact with them on a daily or Mm -hmm. weekly basis. And so they kind of know like, oh, this is a constant thing in the life of this family where your volunteers and or parents may not know. They may have a level of surprise of like, oh, she's gone. What do we do now? (laughs) So I think just keeping Uh, that that clear communication Mm -hmm. is always helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing, we always encourage people to do is on an ongoing basis, like cross training your volunteers and your key leaders. That way they all have the knowledge and the training, you know, that way if something does happen suddenly, like you're not the only one, just like you said, who knows to turn on the soundboard or who knows how to log into the, you know, check-in system. And so, so cross training those volunteers on an ongoing basis helps if there's a Mm -hmm. surprise event or something planned. It's, you know, you're already prepared for, if you know, you're going on your maternity leave or on a sabbatical. Mm -hmm. I think about that a lot with, with check-in systems Mm -hmm. of like, you cannot be the only one who knows Mm -hmm. how to run your check-in system or troubleshoot your check-in system. (laughs) You've got to teach somebody how to do that because that's one of those things that I've seen other ministry leaders 
like have to fix. And they're like, I literally have no idea what to do. And you're like calling the kids ministry leader being like, how do you fix the check-in computer? And so that's one of those big things that like I stress a lot of like, make sure other people know how to run this because that's one of those things that falls on the kids ministry leader a lot. And if they're not there on a Sunday, Someone else has got to turn it on. Yeah. Well, and, <laughs> yeah. and I think that's why it's so important to have backup plans for some of those things, mm-hmm. because let's say there is an issue and it can't be fixed in time, mm-hmm. especially the check-in systems. I think it's yeah. really important that you have those kinds of emergency plans in place so that if that does happen, you can mm-hmm. immediately go to plan B, but also mm-hmm. so that people that are there for you can immediately go to plan B. And yeah. I think that has a lot to do because I know I, I was thinking over the years that you have to think about who your person is that's going to be stepping up. Are they comfortable with being able to put a drive in a computer or to, to find something online? Or is it better for them to have like a written notebook? you know, that you can, you know, like think about who is going to be taking your spot. Because Mm -hmm. I know for me, a lot of years on staff, I was the only person that used technology. (laughs) (laughs) I I left this drive would they would have been like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I know that that things have changed over the years, but still there are a lot of these situations where you have to think about, Okay, Mm -hmm. who is going to be taking over for you? And can they easily find what you need them to find if you're not there and expect Mm -hmm. one week? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I will say one other thing that I did with both my maternity leaves is we would do like some trial Sundays Mm -hmm. where I wouldn't touch anything. Mm -hmm. And I would still be there. I would still be there to ask questions and help when needed. Mm -hmm. But I got to a point in both of my pregnancies where I would show up on Sundays and not, I would have to do anything because mm-hmm. we had prepped my volunteers to be able and other staff members to be able to do those things. Because even with the maternity leave, you may have your baby at 40 weeks, or you may have your baby at 36 weeks, or you may go into an appointment and they may be like, you're going to have this baby today. today and so yeah. There is a level of surprise sometimes, mm-hmm. even with maternity leave. And so right. starting at like, 32 or 34 weeks, we would, I would start to have kind of this like, okay, you, you come in and set up the check-in or you come in and pass out the curriculum. Like we would, I would start to prep my team Mm -hmm. so that if everything looked great on a Friday, but then all of a sudden Saturday rolls around and this baby decides to come, they would be ready for Sunday. It wouldn't be like, oh no, Lauren never showed us how to do this. And so that was really helpful and also, as as people know who have had a baby, you get to like 36, 37, 38 weeks and you're like, I don't want to do anything but just <laughs> sit here and watch. Yes. Um, and so it just is helpful. Oh, like sometimes yes. those last few weeks are really hard. And so um, working ahead of time to prepare your team and giving them opportunities to practice while you're still there I can know. be really helpful. Mm-hmm. I think you need to give yourself grace as well, because uh, Virginia and I were did an episode a few weeks ago on volunteer attention. And I had mentioned I had just the week before spoken with a children's minister who's having her first baby. And as we were talking about, you know, some of the things that that she needed to think through or that kind of thing, she was like, oh, I'm not expecting to really change my schedule 
you know, I, I think this is going to be fine. I'm just kind of ju- going to jump right back in. I don't really have any plans for, you know, I think I'm just going to be able to work straight through. And I just, you know, tried to find a very loving way to say, you know, sometimes things happen differently than we yes. expect, but especially yeah, with that yeah. first baby, we yeah. think we're just going to be able to kind of hop back in. And sometimes we can't. Mm-hmm. Most of the times it's a little more overwhelming than we even expect it to be. And so yeah. giving yourself that grace and permission to say, you know, I know I may, you may want to come back in a couple of weeks, but like you mentioned about how the six weeks goes so much faster than you think it's yes. going to use, giving yes. yourself permission and grace to be able to say, I might need a little bit longer than that. It's better to prepare for more mm-hmm. than to prepare for mm-hmm. less and need more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Virginia, I think I saw you post about this on one of the kids ministry Facebook groups of like, I, even with those six weeks, I loved my job. I could not mm-hmm. wait to get back yeah. to my job. But also as a brand new mom, I also had this new baby who I also yeah. loved and like also yes. wanted to spend all my time with. And so just this idea of like, it's okay to feel pulled in both directions mm-hmm. and it's okay for you to say, Hey, this week I need to be home an extra day or this next week I feel much better mentally. I'm getting more sleep. I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Like, and so it's just, again, it's going, it was, for me, it was going week by week and saying, okay, what is, what are my two worlds being a mom and being in kids ministry? What do they expect of me this week? And I don't think finding this like magical balance is a reality. Um, I once heard somebody say like, you just need to be a hundred percent there wherever you are, wherever there is. And so when I was showing up to Sunday, I was showing up a hundred percent or as much as I could Mm -hmm. even having my daughter with me on Sundays. But then when I was home, I was a hundred percent home. Mm-hmm. And I think when you become a parent in ministry, you realize how important boundaries are. Mm-hmm. And I think for those people who are prepping for an extended leave, whether it's a sabbatical or maternity leave, you get to start those boundaries earlier. Mm-hmm. And like in sabbat, and when you're on sabbatical, you should not be doing any work. Like it should not mm-hmm. even be right. like they, your staff and your volunteers should know, do not contact me. Like mm-hmm. I am on sabbatical. I am doing X, Y, Z to refresh my soul and mm-hmm. rest my body and all of those things. And so you do kind of get to establish some of those boundaries. And for me, and mm-hmm. d- during my maternity leave, I like I, my church was my family. And so I still showed up to church. Mm-hmm. I still like, I, and it's just like, I just showed up. I, we would sneak in the back and my husband would drop with my second, like we would show up to church and we would sneak in the back and my husband would drop my daughter off. So I didn't even have to walk through the kid's hallway. Um, but like these people were my friends and I didn't want to not go to church for 12 weeks. Like that seemed like it was crazy. And so like, I think that's okay too, to show up. And like, if you do see a volunteer, you like treat them like no, it's like they're your right. friends, your churches, your family. Yeah. And so I think some yeah. people expect to not go to church at all in maternity leave. And that's like what they have to do. And I'm like, you can do whatever you want. You can show up to church. <laughs> right. So, well, and I think that that's such a big piece of it. I know for me, anytime I did have a family emergency, anytime we did have something that happened, 
I felt such terrible guilt for not being at church every week. And quite honestly, I had a lot of pastors on staffs over the years Mm -hmm. that they very much expected me to be at church every single week. And so there was Mm -hmm. that pressure. And so there was a lot of times where I really Mm -hmm. had to, I had to get the strength to be able to advocate for myself Mm. and say, you know what, pastor, I love this place. I love my work. I love this ministry, but I need this week. I need this time. This has happened. You know, you have to really be able to advocate for yourself because Mm. Virginia said one time, and we've mentioned it a lot over the time we've been doing the podcast is that unintentionally, And I say it that way because I know there's not an ill intent behind it, but Mm -hmm. the church will take from you whatever Mm -hmm. you're willing to give them Uh um, because that's just the nature of ministry. And so it's so easy to feel that guilt of, I have to be here. I can't miss, I can't take this time, but for Mm -hmm. your own your, for mm-hmm. your own health, for your own well-being, for your own sense of not burning yourself out, you need to be able to advocate for yourself and set boundaries and say, yeah. "I love mm-hmm. you, but yes. I need this," and and yeah. and really try to encourage the leadership to understand that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I think I share this a lot with kids ministry leaders of like it's okay to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like your honesty mm-hmm. doesn't equate to like weakness. Mm -hmm. And so, especially, I think specifically, I had a kids ministry associate who was on my staff who experienced like this deep, deep level of grief. And we, she was really honest with me as her boss. And I was able to be honest with my own boss of just like, Hey, she's walking through some intense grief. And that means that you can't show up on Sunday mornings and expect to be this welcoming and exciting mm-hmm. and fun kids ministry leader. And so just own that and say mm-hmm. like, Hey, we're called to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And that means that we support our staff and, and when they're going on extended leave or experience experiencing grief, it's like, okay, it's okay that they're not there. Right. It's okay mm-hmm. that they are not doing all the extra things that they normally do with their job and they're just kind of surviving and Mm. doing the bare minimum and doing what's absolutely needed for a Sunday morning. Mm. That's okay. And you can't hang your attendance numbers on whether or not your kid's person is there on a Sunday. Like it just, all of those things that tend to get attached to, well, if I'm not there, are these new families that show up aren't going to stick around? One, that's not true. And it's like, if you think when I, if I'm not there, these kids aren't going to hear the gospel. Okay. That's also not true. And so you kind of have to name the lie that you're telling yourself when it comes to being away from Sunday morning responsibilities. Um, and then just trusting that God will fill in the gaps and will bring the right people on a Sunday and will continue to work in and through your volunteers to impact these kids. And, and so I think that's that's so true of like you have to know for yourself where you're at emotionally and physically and um, and kind of decide from there and then be honest and then make sure you share that. And mm-hmm. it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to be, be able to name those things and kind of go from there, make a plan to, and go from there. 
And I really like two, two of the um, words that we are using in this conversation that I really like are one, you know, advocating for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, you know, putting in place boundaries. And so mm-hmm. I feel like we sort of touched on it a little bit, but what are some of the boundaries um, that we should consider before going into a maternity leave, an extended leave, a sabbatical? Uh, and, the, and the answers may be different depending on what type of leave you're going mm-hmm. into, right. you know, but mm-hmm. can people contact you? Can they not contact you? When should they contact you? What rises to the level of needing to be your decision versus someone else's decision? Is there anything that rises to that level? And those are complicated things to try to think through in advance, especially when you don't know the emergency (laughs) that's going to pop up while you're out. But just some thoughts and considerations around all of that. Yeah, I think... um... I think with sabbatical, it's really easy to set really clear boundaries. Like a sabbatical, you are not to be contacted, in my opinion. That's like my, like when my friends in ministry have taken sabbaticals, it is like they are not working no matter what happens. Like I had a friend who was on sabbatical and then the world shut down because of COVID. And it was like, well, this is really inconvenient, but they're on sabbatical and we want to continue to honor that. And I think maternity leave, there might be a little bit of gray area in Mm -hmm. that. Uh, My first maternity leave, I had my boss text me and he said, Hey, I've got a quick question for you. Can I call you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, sure, this is fun. Like talking to an adult about ministry. Like I feel like I haven't done this in a while. And so, um, and so that was, he was very respectful of like, Hey, mm-hmm. can I yeah. call you? Can I ask mm-hmm. you this question? Are you in a place to where, um, we can engage a little bit over the phone? And so mm-hmm. I think that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. It all depends on who you are. I think sometimes mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. it didn't throw me off completely to like have mm-hmm. a quick conversation about something. Um, I would say it needs to come from a boss or your yeah. pastor mm-hmm. instead yeah. of a volunteer. Yes. Um, and like this, with both of my maternity leaves, we set more boundaries around who could visit. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, there's a lot of people at your church who love you and who want to bring you meals and who want to come by and snuggle that sweet baby and, and do all those fun things. And so setting some clear boundaries around who can show up, who can, Mm -hmm. what's the kind of guidelines you're setting in your meal train on when they can arrive Mm -hmm. and if they can stay or not. And, um, and so with my second maternity leave, we had a handful of people come, to our house. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just dropped off meals, but also we were in Texas and it was March. And so the weather was great. And so we did a lot of things outside on our driveway and in our front yard. Um, and so they weren't coming into the house, but also like mm-hmm. I am a big advocate of like wearing babies. And so I would wear them a lot. And so then nobody could touch them. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have that control. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. so just like setting some clear boundaries uh, yeah. and still, I don't know, this kind of extends past maternity leaves, but like even now with my kids, 
And most ministry leaders experience this where somehow their kids are like the most popular at church in your kids' ministry. And like staff mm -hmm. kids just tend to draw a lot of attention. And even now I have conversations with volunteers and even the staff who are on staff and kids' ministry at my church um, of what it looks like to have boundaries around my kids. Mm -hmm. Of like, hey, can you remind your volunteers that they're not allowed to pick up my kids? Can mm -hmm. like physically pick them up. Like, yes. can you remind your volunteers that like yeah. the policy at church is we don't give hugs. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I have a lot of conversations around those kinds of things, mm -hmm. even as a mom in ministry with kids who are seen every Sunday, who my kids happen to be very outgoing. And so I think boundaries extend past, past the leave of like, Hey, this changes how you want your volunteers to interact with your kids. Um, but that I'm sure is like a whole other podcast, but that's just something that came to mind. And so, um, yeah, I think just setting and it's okay. Like I think giving okay. yourself freedom to not answer yes. the phone. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think you have to, to be able to not feel guilty about that because yeah, I took, I took some time um, when I was on staff one year when my dad was really ill and I was just really struggling with a lot of things that was happening with our family. And I remember that I decided that I was just going to, I put my phone away, like literally because I had my, I was with my whole family. We had come to see my dad. And so I just put my phone away mm -hmm. and, and, and didn't even touch it for a whole day just because I needed like a moment. And I had told mm -hmm. everybody ahead of time. And when I got to my phone that night to, you know, to check on it and to play, I had like 15 missed phone calls of people that were like, I have a question I need to do, you know? Uh, and so there was that moment in my head where I was like, oh no, I should never have done this. They, they needed to know where things were or those people were trying to, but then I had to stop myself and say, you know what? I needed that time with my dad. Yes. I needed my time just to be able to get my own head clear yeah. And I would yeah. have been answering those phone calls all day if I had yeah. been carrying my phone with me. And yeah. so it was okay that I had put it away for the day. I had prepared, right. they, you know, it, you know, I should be okay with doing that. And so it's letting mm -hmm. yourself, like we've said before, have that grace of knowing sometimes it's, it's needed and it's okay. Mm -hmm. you, you have yeah. to find those moments where you need to think about yeah. what you need at that particular mm -hmm. time. And that's where that point of contact person comes in handy because mm -hmm. if somebody's calling you, maybe it's a volunteer or a parent or something, you mm -hmm. could send a text back that says, Hey, just a reminder, I'm out. Mm -hmm. Here's who you can connect with. If you have a question about kids ministry, mm -hmm. I think that's totally fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of leave it at that. And some people may yeah. find that may think that is rude, but I'm like, I'm like, you that's know, okay. You're There's only a, you're a person. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't do it all. You're just yeah. a normal person like everybody else. So and there's yeah. always going to be somebody because <laughs> yep. I had one year I had, I had double pneumonia and I was in the hospital. And when you are in ministry and you're <laughs> sick, everybody wants to visit. There's that, mm -hmm. that mindset, especially because this was, you know, many years before okay. pandemic. So, you know, yeah. people would come to the hospital and I can remember at one point I literally said to my doctor, can I go home? Because mm. so many people are coming mm -hmm. to visit yeah. that I can't rest. And he was just like, oh, well, no, we just need to say no visitors. Yeah. The nurses will run interference for and you. I was like, yeah, but I, I don't want to offend anyone. You know, I, mm. I had that mindset of like, I yeah. don't want to make anybody angry. And he was like, 
people are always going to be upset, but right mm-hmm. now you have to rest and we need to make sure you're able to do that. So yeah. again, it's, it's being aware of what you need and knowing that some people may not agree with it or like it, but you have to advocate mm-hmm. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. I've seen some people will make statements of like they advocated for themselves and said they needed a break and their pastoral staff said no. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard. That's a hard position to be in. I was grateful to be in churches, even though my maternity leave looked different. I had people who really cared for me and cared about my family and me putting my family first Mm -hmm. and before my ministry role. And in some churches, that's not how, that's not what's communicated. Mm -hmm. And and so I just, I know there's people who may be listening who feel that tension of saying right, yeah. like oh, my sure. pastoral staff doesn't care about my sick kids mm-hmm. at home or doesn't care that I'm on vacation or mm-hmm. doesn't really want me to go on vacation. And I don't know. I wish I had all the answers in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. I just felt like sometimes you just need to like say that and say, I'm sorry that that situation is where you're at. And I would just encourage that leader to just continue to advocate for yourself Mm -hmm. and be honest Mm -hmm. and like continue to go back to just caring for yourself first. If Mm -hmm. you want to be in ministry for the long haul, Mm -hmm. you have to put you and your relationship with God first Mm -hmm. and foremost above ministry. And then your family comes second and then it's your ministry role. If not, there's a, maybe there's a handful of things before that, but it's like you have to kind of protect those mm-hmm. policies and those mm-hmm. boundaries. And um, even if you're in a really hard staff situation, right. um, you can contemplate for yourself if that's where you're supposed to be right? Yeah. or if you need to leave Um or if you can just continue to advocate for yourself. And yeah. I would say I've talked to a handful of leaders who have some fellow staff members who can help them and like also mm-hmm. advocate for them and kind of mm-hmm. have some conversations on their mm-hmm. behalf. So there's some ways that you can be creative with that, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard. You do. Yeah. You really have to pray yeah. about it and 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 yes. see if you can really think through what God has for you and where he wants mm-hmm. you to be. Mm-hmm. Because there are many times over the years where I've made those decisions and Virginia's heard me say this before, where I've literally kind of walked into my pastor's office and said, I know that you might let me go because of this and I'm okay with that, but this mm-hmm. is what I need. Right now. Like, this is where yeah. I am. This is what I need. And those conversations are so hard and it's so hard yeah. to think through having to do that. But I think there comes a point mm-hmm. where you have to be realistic with yourself and say, mm-hmm. is this where God wants me? Is this mm-hmm. honoring God to yes. continue to do this? And how, you know, you really need to pray through, you know, those moments of deciding at what point am I going to, you know, have these conversations because this is what I have to do. Yeah, for sure. So what's one thing that you have learned from your leave times that you would pass along to someone else who is also preparing to take a maternity leave or a sabbatical or whatever? Yeah, I think um, we've talked about so much already, but I think what comes to mind is um, trying to think about all the small things. 
So like I said, passwords and where keys are stored. I can't tell you how many times it's like, well, where's the storage closet key? Well, it's in this drawer in this room. Like all of those small things, um, Mm -hmm. start telling people where those are now and start Mm -hmm. communicating those things now, even if you just write them down and send them to somebody in an email that they can flag, Mm -hmm. um, doing things like that really help. Um, I would encourage people to really check out, take email off your phone. If your Mm. church uses something like Slack or planning center, take those things off your phone and like really check out and any sort of leave vacation, maternity leave, um, uh, sabbaticals. It's like really mm-hmm. check out because it's so easy to like, Oh, check your email or mm-hmm. check You're on planning center to see in. who's accepted. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I just think as someone who's taken maternity leaves before and, um, you really just have to say, okay, God, like mm-hmm. I am entering into this new season of, of my own life. And, and with maternity leave specifically, it's like, God, you have given us this child that I have now have the responsibility to care for and love mm-hmm. on. And, and that comes first before my job. And just to, re- just to remind yourself that like, God loves your church way more than you do. Mm-hmm. And he will Amen. sustain it. He Amen. will continue to bring in the leaders, provide all the things. Like you think, like we see, God feeding the 5,000. And it always makes me laugh because it's like, God will provide the goldfish for your church. Like, <laughs> yeah, amen, like, it's, amen. it's like those small things. It's like, right. it's so hard because I feel like as ministry leaders, we just want to control everything. We want right. to be in charge. Yeah. We want to control yes. all the things. And when you have a baby or have a sick family member or go on sabbatical, you just have to release control yeah. and say, I trust that the people who I have invited into this process to lead will lead. And I trust that where things slip through the cracks that like God will be there and continue to equip these volunteer leaders and equip the staff and provide wisdom. And I'll be able to jump back in. I'll be able to continue to lead when I get back. And the church isn't going anywhere. It'll be there when you get back. Amen. Unless you, it was during COVID and it looked completely different. <laughs> but yeah. like just those reminders of like you have to release control or mm. else you'll regret. You'll regret your sub- your time on sabbatical. You'll think back mm. to your maternity leave and say, man, mm. if I just would have released control a little bit, I think I would have enjoyed that season more. And that's not fun to think back on seasons and just wish you would have trusted God a little bit more. Right. Well, I think it's just that that nature in us to want people to miss us and want people to need us. And so yes. we have that sense of, I want them to say, oh, they can't do this without you. But we need to let God build mm-hmm. up leaders in our mm-hmm. ministries. And we mm-hmm. need to give people the opportunity to be able to step up and serve Amen. because yeah. we don't want to take that opportunity away from them. And mm-hmm. so we have to look at the bigger picture. And sometimes that's really hard to do because we are kind of that, that leadership is ingrained in us and it's what mm-hmm. we do. And so we have to really just trust God to be leading in his church, you know, during yeah. that time. Amen. Yeah. For sure. Well, we'll wrap up and I'll just ask you to remind us again where we can find you on the internet. Yes. So you can find Kids Ministry Circle on Instagram and Facebook at Kids Ministry Circle, or you can find our website, kidsministrycircle.com. And we also have a podcast, which um, both of you ladies have been on talking about mentoring in ministry. And so that is called the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. And that's where you can find me. 
All right. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a great conversation and I hope it's going to be really helpful to a lot of leaders. And so thank you for taking time to be with us. It was fun. Thank you for having me. Friends, thank you again so much for being here. We appreciate you taking time with us. We just ask that you would like and subscribe and all the things. If you have any questions, please contact us. We would love to hear from you because our heart is to meet you where you are. We hope you have a wonderful week and we will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.